Welcome to One Hit Wonderful, the podcast where we're revisiting all those amazing reality shows that only have one season. I'm your host, Frank Pezzanite III. And I'm Meredith Broadbeck. And join us as we delve deeper into Saddle Ranch. Today, we're going to be discussing the penultimate episode, episode nine, 3,000 miles for one question. I didn't, I didn't even write down the episode title this time. Well, that's what it is. Can't um, say I'm sad about it. And what we like to apologize, I want to apologize in advance if I sound weird. My computer literally died as we were getting ready to record. So I am on my tablet. So if I sound a little wonky, that's why. I actually feel like it just sounds kind of vintage. Oh, all right. Well, I'll take it. Vintage yeah. works. I, I promise to have a new computer by the next time we record. Um, and I don't have any house cleaning, but do you? Oh, actually, we have a very big piece of house cleaning because a few hours ago, um, it came to our attention that um, Anna Shea from Bling Empire passed away at 62 from a stroke. So RIP Anna. I'm very sad about it. It's um, very sad. Uh, I wonder if it will bring, maybe we'll get a Bling Empire special out of it since it was already canceled. Maybe they'll do like a funeral episode for her or something. But I was very sad. I was shocked to discover she was only 62. I thought for sure she was older than that. Yeah. Um, and maybe I shouldn't have been as jealous of all her delicious, delicious smoking because that's probably part of what put her in the grave at 62, unfortunately. I know. It, it's really sad. Yeah. Um, no, and I haven't seen, I didn't have time to like dig around and see if any of the cast have like put out statements or responded, but I'm sure they have by now. A couple of them have, but what I really want to know is how her weird friend, the blonde woman that was always with her, that wasn't a cast member, but was constantly like smoking with her in the kitchen. I want to mm -hmm. know how she's, I want to know how she's doing. I'm sure you could find her on Twitter later. I first have to figure out her name, but I will do that. Someone, someone's done it by now. <laughs> Someone is out there doing the Lord's work for you. Um, but yes, that's the only uh, house cleaning I have was R.I.P. Anna Shea. Yeah, it is very sad. And actually on that note, I have been meaning to bring this up for months and I don't know what just reminded me right now. Did we discuss how Audrey, um, Audrina's niece died? You and I did privately. I can't remember if we discussed it on the podcast or not. Okay. Yeah. Her sister Casey's oldest, who I believe was 17, passed away, I think, in maybe March or April. Um, and they there were a lot of vague statements about why. And she had just turned 17, I believe. It was like a couple days after her birthday. It was really sad. Really, um, really sad. Yeah. Well, and I like Audrina and Audrina's sister. So it's it was really sad. I was kind of invested in it for a while. And I just remembered it right now. But yeah, not happy house cleaning today. No, um, I wonder if my computer suicided out of solidarity for Anna. It was just so maybe. depressed I couldn't take it anymore and said, I've had enough. Yeah, maybe. And Caitlin of Hills fame, um, Brody's ex, had her second baby, which I feel like I forgot to mention last time. Oh, fun. Good yeah, she, she had a girl this time. Um, she and Chris bought a house and people were speculating it's in Texas. I didn't confirm that. I should go back. Um, and I believe Brody's fiance is due any day now. Curious to see what they're going to name the kid. Mamacita or something. What's the name of his tequila drink again? <laughs> I can't remember. Um, Mamita. I like Mamita. I think that's I what feel it like is. it'll be something very like hippy dippy. Oh, for sure. Like Star Child or something. I mean, Sunflower. Honestly, they, did I tell you about their baby moon that I saw on Instagram? No. 
they rented an RV and they are actually like camping hippies. So uh, if you practice what you preach with your hippie dippy name, then I'm fine with it. Yeah. All right. They they went camping for their baby moon together, like cooking on a fire and swimming in cold water. They went to Yosemite, I think. I feel like rich people like to do that shit because their lives are so great that they like to be uncomfortable every now and again. Right. For someone they... like myself who's not wealthy, the fact yeah. that like splashing around in an ice cold lake and sleeping on dirt does not seem like a fun time. No, because then they just go back to like the four seasons and shake it off. Plus, I bet it, he has the most, the world's most tricked out RV ever. Yes, I'm sure. Yeah. But anyway, we stay tuned for that. Um, so, yes. But we also have some, we have some hippy dippy names coming out of like Vanderpump Rules too. Summer, Moon, Ocean. Oh, Oof. true. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Um, so, in this episode's Saddle Tattle, I have a pleasant surprise because I finally cracked the code. And I found Cassie. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. It came out like nowhere. And that person that I could not confirm was her. Yeah. Is not. And we would have been selling really? her. And we would have been selling her very short. Really? Yes. I thought for sure that other woman was her. Oh, well, wow. Talk about a glow up. Because just buckle up for this one. This is not what I would have buck- like guessed in a million years, I don't think. So I found an old interview with one Cassidy Lee McWilliams. Okay. And she is originally from Seattle. She's from Bellevue, which is outside of Seattle, which I also would not have guessed. Um, And according to her in this interview, she grew up pretty sheltered and her parents didn't allow her to go out very much. But it didn't matter because she was always dancing or cheerleading in high school anyway. But she was, she said, a lot less wild than some of her friends. So after her Saddle Ranch in L.A. days... I saw an old video of her, which I didn't have time to watch. It came out in 2018, and it's just like a weird internet video. I think it's on DeviantArt, that website. And okay. it's a superhero parody called Superior Girl. And I just saw a screenshot of her in the costume. And for a brief moment, I wondered if Cassie was into porn. Uh-oh. But I found her. I kept going. And I found more. So that came out in 2018, which kind of surprised me because then when I went back in 2016, Miss Cassidy Lee, as she goes by now, got her degree from Loyola Marymount in political science and government. Okay. Oh my God. Does she live here now? And then in 2020, she got her law degree also from Loyola and Cassidy is a lawyer now. Holy shit. Okay. So she, her LinkedIn is fascinating. She was a personal trainer. She's been a case manager. She's been a legal intern. She's been a law clerk. And then she's been bartending the whole time. But she does criminal prosecution and has done it in LA and San Diego. Super active on Twitter, at least through 2020, and very anti-Trump. Always picking fights with people in the comments of Trump's posts. Yay. Yeah. Would not have guessed that in a million years. No. Me neither. Yep. And she looks great. She looks the same. She looks great. But that that's all I found. But I was so thrilled that I found it. So there I you go. I am impressed that you found it. Cassidy Lee McWilliams is a lawyer. So it's probably safe to say that she's had the biggest glow up of anyone on the show. I feel like I don't know how I can top the saddle title because she was hard to find. Especially 
someone like a lawyer i'm surprised that it was kind of hard to find her um i meant to look up the bar where she works now so let me do that okay she works at exchange la which Mm -hmm. is a nightclub um in downtown near skid row oh girl oh boy bill like she currently works there according to her linkedin which hasn't been updated in a couple years um but i think that's how she put herself through law school oh it's like a big music venue it almost looks like the anthem in dc but a nightclub oh, that, i that... wonder oh they okay so it's like concerts and live music now do we think she edm dance bar Woo. oh so it's like echo stage um do you think that she um did it say does it happen to say if she's a prosecuting attorney or a defense attorney prosecution oh so she's like a um so she probably works for the state and makes yeah. no money and so yeah so that would make sense that she's still bartending to make extra yeah. cash okay that makes sense no huge anti-trumper criminal prosecution good for her i know i love it i love it so much so much black lives matter content on her twitter feed amazing i know such my favorite yet i was so excited um Yay. Also, <laughs> we forgot to mention brody jenner dj'd in dc over the weekend he did yeah i forgot to send that to you where um oh boy hold on let me i check. was off this weekend i would have gone if i'd known i i blame myself i meant to <laughs> meant to send it to you <laughs> this is my fault everybody frank could have reported back it was announced like last minute or something it was very weird um that is weird that i didn't get an alert not from you but i mean just in general hold on and his drink is called Mamitas. Look at that. I was right. Um, where is this? No. I wonder if I could guess where he would be DJing. I okay. don't think he's big enough for Echo Stage. No, it was a club. Um, hold on, I'm checking. Is he here for Pride? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Um Oh, living room. Was he at living room? Yeah, living room. What is that? Um, it used to be Josephine's over on Vermont Avenue. Okay, I don't know what that is. I wouldn't know. Um, but anyway, I'm sorry. I should have sent you that. <laughs> you you never went to um, Josephine's back when it was a thing. No. Oh, there we had. Um, ask is, ask I me mean... about a DC club. I don't. I won't know. Okay. Um, you know, it's just one of the, I'm trying to, you know, it's like a bottle service, you know, the normal, normal, like club, club. We had one of our, we had a short lived tech at my work, an assistant who did bottle service. She was a bottle service girl at living room. And every day she came to work looking like a streetwalker. Yeah. Okay. Well, that tracks. Also, I didn't, so in college, like I went out to house parties and things like that, but for the most of college, I was too stoned to go anywhere. Oh, well, living room is fine. Josephine's was fine. But yeah, this assistant, it was so funny because she would come to work wearing her like clothes she would wear at the club to be a bottle service girl, which are fine for being a bottle service girl, not so much for shampooing people. Like constantly afraid like her boobs were going to pop out and like smack someone in the face when she was shampooing. She did not last for very long. Yeah, some of the male clients might have liked that. Some of the female yeah, clients may have liked that too. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, are you ready to start this secondhand embarrassment <laughs> festival that is episode nine i am okay so we open the episode at saddle ranch of course 
Um, and I was very excited because they showed they have a shot of like the pass in the kitchen of all the things they're running out and their burritos come with a side of fries, which I was excited about. <laughs> I must have been hungry when I watched this. Um, so then we see Cameron behind the bar and she gets very upset and leaves the bar pretty quickly because a regular told her you sound like a man. Also, cry me a fucking river. If I went outside to cry every time someone thought I was sounded like a woman, I would have to be on an IV drip because I would be so dehydrated I would die. Like, what the fuck, Cameron? Like, what's the big deal? I also, I feel like I have a decently masculine voice for a woman. And I just, it's Kathleen Turner, baby. Just lean in. Yeah, I don't. But, I mean, I thought that that was supposed to be sexy. Like a, a deep, raspy voice was sexy. So I don't. I yeah I don't I don't quite get it and she melted down pretty quickly which makes me think they all just get wasted while they work. Well, I also want to know why, like at the end of her meltdown, and we'll talk about the the rest of it in a minute. Like Candy comes out, and I thought was a little too nice about it. I'd be like, the fuck, get back inside, or you're fired. I know. Like you don't get there's no crying in baseball. Like this is ridiculous. Like just stop it. No, and can't like. <laughs> you're allowed to leave the bar crying if something happens to a family member you get an emergency text a regular saying that you sound like a man i think you just walk away for a few minutes agreed bathroom break maybe you don't call your boyfriend in new jersey sobbing i mean we all have meltdowns at work i'm not gonna say i don't but I don't know if that would do it for me. So she goes outside and she's sobbing about this regular saying that to her. And she calls her boyfriend, Jordan, and she admits that she needs a pep talk, which I appreciate that she just owns. She was like, I'm upset. I need a pep talk. And she has this schmoopy phone call with Jordan. And she says, it took me 29 years to find you. And we're reminded several times in this episode that they've, quote unquote, been together for six months. Well, here's the confusing thing is I didn't think that the six months part came out until later in the episode. And I was actually shocked to hear that. But much later in the episode, seven months is said, but around there, six, seven months. But she does say verbatim that they haven't seen each other in, in two months. Three. She said three. three. Okay. Yeah. So they're okay. All right. So their relationship has been 16 weeks long, basically. Um, and so Candy comes out and retrieves Cameron and Cameron just says, like, long-distance relationships are tough, but that didn't have anything to do with it. Um, so then Candy is asking Rob what happened to Cameron, and he says, you know, she needed a pep talk from her boyfriend. And Candy says, and a reality check. Preach. Yeah. <laughs> Preach. And Candy says, I want to be supportive, but suck it up. You're at work. Girl. Well, and also Rob then blames all of this on her missing her boyfriend, which I, I don't think it had anything to do with at all. No. Um, and Candy is giving strong Kelly Catrone vibes in this episode. The if you have to cry, go outside, but also yeah. don't don't cry. Suck it up. <laughs> <laughs> so then Rob calls Jordan because they're bros somehow. And he decides to plan a surprise visit for Jordan to come visit Cameron without Cameron knowing. And my note says in all caps, this isn't contrived at all. I know. This was such a stupid producer-driven episode. I couldn't even handle it. And everyone take a drink every time Rob says she needs to see her dude. He says it every segment. It's really annoying. Okay. But that's all I've got to say. 
Well, the other thing too is, so he, um, so Jordan, based on what we've learned this episode, Jordan met her at Saddle Ranch, but Studio City Saddle Ranch, I'm assuming, because that's where she was working. First of all, who goes to California on vacation and then hangs out at Saddle Ranch and Studio City? But that's a whole other conversation. Um, and then has been, I guess, I don't think she's going to New Jersey. It seems like he's always coming out to LA to visit her maybe once a month. So they've probably been together a total of 10 days. Yeah. It's a very 90 day fiance. Yeah. Very <laughs> much so. Very much so. Um, yes. Yeah. So in our next scene, we are at Saddle Ranch during the day and Dave and Nancy are getting lunch where they work or before they work or on their day off with their employee discount. And yes. <laughs> um, so Dave says that he's been slow getting auditions, but that he has a meeting with an agent the following day. And he asks Nancy if she has called Kim Vo yet. And she hasn't. And I'm a little surprised. And I was wondering how much time has passed because she was so excited. And I would have thought that she was so eager. She would have called Kimbo within days. Um, but do we think like what, speaking of that, what do we think the timeline of this show is in terms of filming? Do you think it was something that were like a month? Yeah. It's three I weeks, think, a month. Yeah. I think it's pretty short. Um, so, I mean, the Kimbo thing could have been oh, less than a week ago. Yeah, that's true. Um, but she admits that she's been putting it off and Dave makes a great point and says, well, Kimbo's not going to call you no. and that she, she needs to go after it if she wants it. And so she calls Kimbo right at the table and says, you know, it's Nancy from Saddle Ranch. And he sets up an appointment for her to come into the salon and he lets her know that there's a lot of competition for the job. Okay. Can we talk about how all of this is lies? Because yes. <laughs> A, there's no way that Kim though gave her his personal cell phone number. I'm assuming he probably gave her the number of the salon. Yeah. And even if he had given her his personal cell phone number, you think Kim Bo is answering phone calls right off the bat from numbers he doesn't rececognize? He didn't have her number. It didn't no. say Nancy from Saddle Ranch calling. Like this was the most producer driven bullshit ever. The whole episode is. Um, but yeah. I will say that I love Dave and Nancy's friendship still. And I love Nancy so much because after she hangs up the phone with Kimbo, she puts her lunch, um, she pushes it and says, I'm going to box this up because I'm going to vomit. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's very endearing. I like her a lot. I do too. So then presumably it's the next day or within several days. And we go to the montage, which is that a hotel? I believe so. Yeah, it looked like one. Um, and she is going to the Kimbo salon. And she looks so nervous walking into this salon. And she looks very cute, actually. Like, her hair and makeup look very nice. She's nicely dressed. Um, and so she's having her meeting with Kimbo. You guys, we cannot catch a break today. <laughs> Can you hear my dog? Barely. Okay, good. All right. Um, all the problems today with the recording, but he asks Nancy what inspired her to be a hairdresser. And well, first we need to talk about the fact that his assistant brings her into his office and his assistant is a clone of him. Oh, I didn't even notice the assistant. Oh yeah. Like the, the only difference is the assistant is, I believe Caucasian and not Asian, but like very similar facial features, exact same hair. Okay. Same cadence, same, I mean, like, literally a clone. That doesn't surprise me that famous people would enjoy that. Not at all, but I thought it was very funny. <laughs> um, well, I just, I like Nancy so much, too, because 
her nervousness is so relatable you know she's talking to this famous hairdresser she's clearly nervous and excited to be there and then he asks her a, a relatively simple question for a job interview and she just goes totally blank <laughs> um and so of course it like cuts to commercial you know like we're supposed to be panicking for her like this isn't gonna go well you know because we're true believers and simultaneously we see dave going into the global business centers building <laughs> it sounds like prestige worldwide like that just <laughs> sounds made up um but he's there to meet with an agent to get more auditions and he really wants to get his foot in the door and so he is meeting with James of Allensworth Entertainment. Okay, this is all bullshit. Okay. So I it noticed, looked like it. Yeah. So I noticed like they call Dave in to the office. First of all, the offices looked very fake. And they call him into the office to meet with this gentleman. And on the office, behind the gentleman and behind Dave, across from the gentleman, are frames, you know, random office wall art. On the wall to Dave's right and the interviewer's left is a fucking poster stuck to the wall, not framed, nothing. Just like you'd find in a college dorm room with Allensworth Entertainment on it and their crest. So I looked up Allensworth Entertainment. Good for and you. they're actually, it's a casting, they're casting directors. It's a casting company. It's not yeah. a company, he's not an agent. And guess in addition to, they do have an office in, in LA, but guess where their other office is? I don't know. Copenhagen? Is it like the dance center? <laughs> Minnesota. Oh. He's from. So yeah. I think that he was affiliated with these people from the jump. I mean, it's like, oh, sure, it's a big coincidence that like the one yep. ca casting agent, talent agency he like meets with is also based in Minnesota. Like, fuck that noise. And I don't believe that was their offices. Like, you don't just like literally tape a poster to the wall in your fancy talent agent offices. Like, I, all of this was fake. Yeah, good for you. That's a good one. Um, and that makes perfect sense because then we get a little interview with Dave in the sky and Dave says that he came to LA from Minnesota and he did a lot of commercial work and he, he did get new headshots and the guy asks him about his other sources of income. And Dave says that, you know, that he works at Saddle Ranch and, um, does a little bit of everything there, including operating the bull. And when I'm operating the bull, it's like I'm on stage. Yeah. <laughs> it's real time to shine. You guys. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's eyes are on Dave for operating the bull and, and what does and should we should discuss this gentleman's appearance too his appearance or just his ponytail the ponytail his hair <laughs> in general so the fellow that he's meeting with looks like his other job is at the geek squad yes um like for sure i could <laughs> like if i walked into a best buy and saw him yes. behind, i would be like oh that that tracks um yeah. so this gentleman has thinning short-ish hair on top and then the back is in some kind of weird ponytail situation the whole thing is very weird yeah now he looks or he's there to like fix the copy machine yeah he definitely yeah. gives it vibes and not like hollywood vibes at all yes agreed um and then he asks like how cool saddle ranch is or whatever and dave is telling him how great it is and he's like, oh, I've got to check this place out. And sure, <laughs> whatever. Um, but then we go back to the Kimbo salon and Nancy is 
answering Kim's question about what inspired her to be a hairdresser. And I actually think her answer is very sweet. She says that every time someone sits in your chair, they leave feeling better and more confident about themselves. And she feels like she's helping them and brightening their day. And I feel like that's very sweet. It's also like the standard hairdresser answer when you're asked that question. Okay. Well, I've I never mean, heard her and she, but yes, that is, that's a very standard, like, Oh, I love making people feel better about themselves all day. Okay. Well, I've never heard it before. So I wasn't, I was charmed <laughs> by it. <laughs> Clearly I'm not in the biz. Um, and so then he asks her if she gets nervous around celebrities and she says that, no, she sees it at the ranch all the time which I love that they called it the ranch. The they ranch. should have been doing that the whole time. And then she says, but at Saddle Ranch, we treat everyone like they're royalty. <laughs> <laughs> Nancy is giving me life. She yeah. really is. She's she's infectious, and I like her so much. And now that she's in real estate, I can totally see it. She's She's very cute. Oh, yeah, and I bet she's amazing at her job. Yeah. So then he's sort of asking, like, why should he hire her? And she says... You need a little Southern twang in the salon. So well, cute. She, well, first she asked him, do you have any Southerners at work here? And he says, yeah. no. And that's when she says, you need a little Southern twang in your salon. It's so cute. Uh, and I, obviously it's very fake when he says, great, you're hired. But I was really rooting for her in that moment. And I, I chose to be a believer. Well, this is where things kind of where the wheels fell off for me is that he says that she's hired. And he says, we're going to make you the receptionist so you can get the rest of your hours and then <clears throat> we'll go from there. Now, that makes no sense because you do. So in California at the time, I don't know what the rules are now, but um, you California has some of the highest amount of hours you have to get to get your hair license. And so she probably needed at least three months more hours to do that. That being said... To get your hours, you can't just be a body in the salon. Like, you'd have to be an assistant or a stylist. Like, you couldn't be... Re receptioning doesn't count. So that didn't make sense to me. Like, you can't get hours towards your license being a receptionist. Like, you have to be doing hair in some capacity. So yeah. that didn't really make a ton of sense to me. They also haven't said... I'm assuming she's not licensed in California because she would have to get the hours first and then take their test to be licensed. So she's a, a, a bit of a road ahead of her before she can be doing hair in a salon there. But yeah. the reception thing didn't make sense to me. No, I agree. But at the same time, like, I think she's just so excited to be a part of the salon in any capacity that I was just happy for her and I don't care. No, because I'm happy for her too. And like at a salon like that, yeah, just get your foot in the door, do whatever. Yeah. And so then she immediately goes outside and calls her stepmom and tells her about it, which is, it seems very genuine. And yeah. the, the stepmom is excited. And Nancy says, I told you there was a reason I moved out here. I'm one step closer to my dream coming true. It's so cute. It is cute. I, I was here for it. I wonder um, if she ever got to be a hairstylist in LA. I don't know. Didn't uncover that. Um, I also completely skipped over my last note at the Global Business Center with Dave. <laughs> <laughs> okay. At the literal house of cards, the Global <laughs> Business Center. We forgot to mention that the creepy ponytailed casting agent asks Dave to do a monologue and he doesn't have one prepared and he's a deer in headlights and that's where his meeting ends. Which is weird to me. I mean, I'm not an actor. I've never been an actor, but I would have thought if you were a professional actor that you would have at least one monologue in your back pocket that you could like pull out at the drop of a hat, like just one thing, you know what I mean? In, in these situations, I'm sure you have to do monologues when you're audition a lot. Yeah, I would think so. I, 
It shouldn't be I mean, the first time he's heard it. Could do multiple monologues from designing women. Like if someone pointed a gun at me and said, "Like you need to do a monologue," and be like, "Okay, I'm going to be Julia Sugarbaker for the next two minutes, and you're going to like it." Like I, yeah, I could come yeah. up with something. Yeah, I know. Especially if you really wanted to be an actor. Yeah. Um. So then we go to the Redberry, and it is apparently a hotel. Not um, anymore. Okay. Where it was the Redberry Hollywood and Vine, and it closed. It's not no longer in existence. Okay. So this is where we see Rob meet up with Jordan. And Rob, does he say he has a man crush on Jordan? Or did I just put that in my notes? Because both are possible. Um, I think you just put it in your notes, but that again would not shock me. Yeah. If he said that. It their relationship is weird. Maybe it's just super fake and they're both trying too hard but the secondhand embarrassment of every scene with jordan is so real in this episode jordan also gives me randall emmett vibes yes yes he's a creepy try hard it's not yeah. okay yeah. it's not okay so then rob and jordan are just talking and somebody calls someone else a rock superstar and jordan referring to cameron says she's it and Rob says, she thinks you're it too, man. And Jordan says, I need you behind me, bro. Let's make it happen. And he decides that he's going to propose to Cameron that day. No ring, no plan. And in a couple of hours, he's going to do it. Yep. And they're just all loved up about it. Yep. It's, it's cringeworthy. It's a lot. I also don't, I mean, I know Rob and Cameron are very good friends. I can't imagine being super jazzed for my very good friend to get engaged to someone they've only known for six, possibly seven months in what has been a long distance relationship the entire time. Yes, but you and I are also logical. True. And... and there are a lot of people who would think that that is super romantic. You know, they're like, oh my God, you're so swept away. Whereas I don't, that, I don't, I don't see it. I don't have it. I'm not that person. No, I'm not either. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, mm -mm. I famously, when my husband asked to move in with me after we'd been together for like six or seven months and I was young, but he was so excited and he was so sincere and he wanted to live together. And the first thing out of my mouth was no. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Yep. Um, so then of course this horrible plan is put into motion and they go to the only jewelry store on reality TV in LA, 24 carats limited. 14 carats. No, it's XIV. Oh, it's right. 20. I said 24. It's 14. Whatever. It should be 24. Um, so this is where we see the saleswoman. Did you recognize her? No. She's the same saleswoman at 14 Carats that sold LC Jason's dog tags in season one of The Hills. Really? Oh. I recognized her. Eye. I recognized her voice. Good eye. Remember when she says to Lauren and maybe an engraving on the back? That's right. Yep. We need to work there, by the way, because they're only open from 11 to 4. Dream. Right? <laughs> Sign me the fuck up. I'm going to sell um, some jewelry. I believe she was also on an episode of Chloe and Lamar. I didn't watch Chloe and Lamar, I don't think. So, oddly enough, that is the only few episodes of a Kardashian franchise I watched. 
And I oh, think they like, got their rings there. Um, you should have watched a few episodes of Courtney and Chloe take Miami instead. I think I really did. I one. think I did that too. That was a good one. Because I remember Scott, um, Courtney trying to lose her baby weight. That was in Miami, wasn't it? From Mason. I believe so. I don't know why I've only watched like six episodes of a Kardashian program, but the, those were it. No. Yeah. Oh, which reminds me, I need to watch the Kardashians. That's what I'm behind on. Okay. Thank you for, I'm going to watch that later. Thank you for reminding me. Great. Perfect. <laughs> so this is where they're shopping for rings and he says, you got to make me look good. And she shows off some rings and blah, blah, blah. And then they finally find a contender. Rob says the ring is divine. And then Rob says in his confessional that you could buy a respectable used car for what Jordan spent on the ring. And this is where I'm confused. Well, I, I got a little less confused because they clarified later. But my thought was, how do you have, I'm guessing, around $10,000 to spend on a ring, but you haven't been able to come visit for three months? That's what I thought. But then later in the episode, they make it sound like he's coming out all the time. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really get it. I don't get it either. And I tried so hard to look up Jordan for today, by the way. Oh, you did? Because I, I was like, what is it? Does he run his family business and he can't leave it? What, like, what was the deal with this guy? Um, and we'll get into that later, but I, I couldn't find him at all. Um, um, I also was shocked they didn't tell us how much the ring cost. I feel like that's not a very good reality show. I mean, usually they tell us. No, where's the little cash register thing with the yeah. like pop-up video? Yeah. Yeah. So then we go back to Saddle Ranch and Dave and Nancy are having another meal there, I guess. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, Nancy tells Dave about, you know, what happened with Kimbo and how she doesn't even care. She's starting at the bottom because she's in there and she's so excited. Again, Nancy just winning at life with her positive attitude. I'm here for it. And she thanks Dave for pushing her to like call Kimbo back. And so then Dave tells her the story about how he didn't have a monologue prepared. And so he's going in next week to see the casting agent again. And Nancy says that monologue, whatever it is you say to get women into bed, that seems to work real well. And Dave says it worked on you. And Nancy says, no, that's called tequila. Yep. So Nancy got a job at Kimvo salon and she's banging Dave. Oh, she's been banging Dave though. I'm just, he's real cute. He's Nancy's, real cute. Yeah. Nancy's my MVP of this episode. Yeah, he is real cute. Get it, girl. I also can't believe that her Instagram bio to this day says that she's the hot mess from Saddle Ranch. She's not messy. No. She wore a ladybug costume. She won a trip to Mexico. She's banging Dave and she got a job at a salon. That's not messy. She's winning. Uh, agreed. Yeah. I Part of me wants to reach out to her and be like, you are not the hot mess. You are the queen. You should. Yeah. <laughs> Don't put yourself down. You're the winner. So then we go back to the Redberry and there's this big plan, I guess. And Rob is taking Jordan. Sorry. Rob is taking Cameron. They all have similar sounding names to dinner, you know, to brighten her up because she misses her dude or whatever. Cause that's what he keeps saying. And that Jordan will be sneaking in to dinner to sort of take Rob's place. And so they sit down and Cameron thanks Rob for the snowboarding adventure. And she says that it got hairy towards the end, but that she wants to go again and that she had a really good time. Okay. Yeah. And the snowboarding adventure seems to be only a few days ago. It seems very close. Yeah. Um, 
So then they're talking about Jordan and Cameron says, I miss that little nugget. And Rob says he has to go to the bathroom, but really what he's doing is going up to Jordan's room and letting him know it's time to come downstairs. And Shouldn't you he couldn't be... have called him? You or couldn't he just couldn't have... go into the hallway and call him? Or he Also, could... text? He... We were texting in this era. Yeah, I don't know. Or have the concierge call him? Mm. Uh, whatever. Um. So... Then, of course, he goes up to Jordan's hotel room and he gets him and he comes back down and he pretends that he had stomach issues at first and says it didn't feel good. But I ran into someone, you know, <laughs> it's like, Rob, you don't have to pretend you had the shits. You could just walk in with Jordan like no one needs to know that. Um, so Cameron is speechless and flustered and they're all I love you. I love you. I love you. Um, and he, Jordan says he's here to see her and he says, Rob threatened his life if he didn't come out and visit her hardy, har, har. Um, and Rob says, they're so freaking cute. I want to throw up all over myself. And that's not quite the vibe I got from them. No, at all. In fact, I thought her, maybe she was in shock, but I thought her reaction to seeing him was a lot more muted than I was expecting it to be. Same, same. She seems shocked, but not in a happy way. Yeah. Um, and then they're kissing and saying they love each other. And Rob pats Jordan on the back and says, you're making the white people nervous. Yeah, I didn't understand that at all. Me either. It is, made me want to find Jordan even more. Is he Latino? I don't know. Or Middle Eastern, maybe? I don't know. He, I mean, he sure looked like a white person to me. I, I don't. I don't so know. I didn't get like I that comment didn't make sense to me at all. Also, I don't. Does a Hispanic man stick out in L.A. that much? No. I yeah. What? I, I didn't. I didn't understand it. Um. So this is where they say they met six months ago. But long distance is hard, and he loves flying back and forth. But he wants to be with her one way or another, and one of them is going to have to move. And Cameron says in her confessional, she's pretty sure it won't be her. And then he says he loves spending any time he can with her and all of his extra money to spend time with her. Um, and then they decide they're going to go to Saddle Ranch. Mm -hmm. And she says, will you ride the bull? And he says that he will. And they go to Saddle Ranch and magically everyone that works there is there, even though none of them are working except for Rachel and Noah. Yeah. So Cameron and Jordan arrive and Jordan meets everyone. And to be fair, they're all very excited. It's kind of sweet. They're like, oh my God, Cameron's boyfriend's finally here. We're meeting Jordan. Everyone's giving him hugs. They seem excited to sort of, you know, meet this mystery man that she's been talking about. And no one knows what's coming except for Rob. What's very strange is when they're standing at the bar, everybody's excited to meet Jordan, except Cameron goes out of her way to try and introduce Rachel to Jordan. And Rachel ignores her. Well, but it's actually, I mean, at first I was confused too. But if you think about it, if the ski trip really was just a couple days ago, it was um, her, Cassie that she, I mean, not Cassie, I'm sorry. It was, um, what's her face that she was so upset with? I know. Cameron. So I'm sure she's still grudged out about that. I know. I just thought you know, an adult would be like, oh shit, like I should introduce myself to her long distance boyfriend, but it's Rachel, so. Oh no, it's petty and terrible and stupid, but I'm sure it all derives from the ski trip. 
Yes. And Rob says, I'm really disappointed in Rachel. Like he basically yeah. just says like she's being petty and it's stupid and agreed. Yeah, she is. So then Jordan is going to take to the bull. And of course, Dave is on stage, AKA <laughs> operating the bull mm -hmm. and giving us a monologue. Yep. About the bull. Jordan takes the mic and he's such a tool. I'm sorry. He's he was making my skin crawl the whole time. Yeah. So he just he he monologues. He, Dave should have written it down. And he says, before I ride this bull real quick, I flew in from New Jersey and I've got a young lady I'm in love with. And Cameron is she admits she's annoyed with him that he's being a ham and she doesn't know what he's doing. And she thinks it's weird. I wouldn't like it either. No, no, no. And so he says on the mic that they met seven months ago, whatever. And he says, Cameron Page Safford, this bull was built for two. I can't. I can't. So he, he lures her out there trying to pretend they're going to ride the bull together. And Cameron says the room is spinning and she blacks out a little bit. And then he keeps calling her young lady, which I don't love. And he gets down on one knee and proposes and everybody in the bar goes nuts like it's the most romantic thing in the world and cameron says yes she doesn't look that excited to be saying yes i'm gonna put that out there and she says she's never been more in love with anyone in her whole life and she feels like cinderella but that she's wondering if someone's gonna come back for the ring at midnight and she's gonna have to give it back just <laughs> <laughs> kind of cute um, but then she makes a joke in her confessional that the mechanical bull is a true fairy tale for her. <laughs> um, and then we get another song card and they're playing Graham Colton waiting for love. Yeah. As the episode winds down. So this is where I want to disclose the rest of what I found out about Cameron's saddle tattle in regards to Jordan. Okay. They broke off their engagement a month after filming wrapped shocking right so in june of 2011 they broke off their engagement there's a video interview that cameron gave about it which i will go back and watch before we finish covering saddle ranch um but apparently she found out that he'd been cheating on her the whole time and he was just with her to quote unquote get famous um how'd that work out for him he only got into one episode right i that's what i wanted to find him so badly i was like get famous for what that's what i wanted to know weird yep i hope she kept the ring i doubt it <laughs> they probably, probably I bet it was free they probably had to give it back to the uh i was gonna say it, ltd yep i think it was on loan because it was gonna be filmed on vh1 or something yeah they also didn't even show it up close not really no no they did i mean a little bit but not to the extent that you usually would in a situation like that yeah i know and she didn't even put it on no mm-hmm she just took the box. We didn't even see it on her finger. Yeah. And as someone who's been proposed to, I can say that it is shocking. And like you, I probably didn't come across as very excited either, but Cameron looks peeved. There's there, like, she looks like she did when he showed up at dinner. Yeah. There's just a, a cold vibe, but Jordan makes my skin crawl. So I can't say I disagree with her, <laughs> but that's it for episode nine and all of yes. our technical woes today um and so in two weeks we'll be discussing the finale and final episode where it looks like rob and rachel break up based on the trailer um cameron 
may or may not be pregnant. Um, mm -hmm. And um, Candy, she drops a bomb. On oh yes, staff. Candy drops a drops a big some big announcement. And she says, "We want to keep our position at the top of the Sunset Strip." Yeah, it's a big. I wonder if it's big cliffhanger. Um, I wonder if it's that they're sending some people back to Studio City. Yeah, I don't know. They're just trying to keep us hanging on for a season two that will not come. Nope, never. Well, you never say never. That's maybe it's the, the 20th anniversary. We'll, we'll get a follow-up. Um, yeah, because I don't... I mean, again, I remember nothing about watching the show the first time because I watched it once 12 years ago. Um, but based on the scenes from the next, I don't think the finale has a lot of closure. Yeah. Yeah, well, so we, we'll find we, out. We do know that Cameron has a child now. We have not confirmed... Oh, I guess we did confirm it's not Jordan's. Never mind. No. <laughs> and also the kid would have to be like 12 or 13. So I think her kid was younger than that. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. All right. Well, um, we will see you guys in two weeks. Thanks for listening to another episode of One Hit Wonderful. You can find us online on Twitter and Instagram at OneHitPod. You can email us at franklymareb at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nana's Mink. And you can find me on Twitter at HeyIt'sMareB. Please remember to rate and subscribe. And have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>